You're listening to RGV Titan Radio. We are the 956. The views and opinions expressed by our guest, host, and or DJs do not, we repeat, do not reflect the official policy or position of RGV Titan Radio, our affiliates, or our sponsors. RGVTitanRadio.com. We are the 956. Welcome to the Moving Auto Podcast here on RGB Titan Radio. We are the 956. We are your hosts. I'm Will. And I'm Bob. I got nothing today, man. I'm way too excited. <laughs> I'm way too excited to do this one. I've been yeah. wanting to do this one since like we first started this stuff, man. And 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 I gotta tell you, man, like when when uh you had first brought this movie series up to me uh, a while back while we were I probably when we were uh living at the same place, man. Yeah, and I never and and I never really got around to watching it until I think I saw the first one like last year, oh, and I was God. freaking blown away by it, man. Okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, we're talking about that the the amazing uh, underground like nobody knows about this movie for some reason, the Hatchet series. Okay. I don't I don't uh, understand how people don't like. I've met so many like big horror fans. They're like, I've never seen it, and I'm like, what the. Fuck, dude, like, how have you not <laughs> watched this yet? Like, you don't understand what you're missing, dude. Like, this is such, oh my god. Like, I, I, you have no idea how much I love these fucking violent, psychotic movies, dude. Like, and it's because so this is like, this is like, uh, if, if Hatchet, if the Hatchet movie series were a band. Like th- this would be like you know oh you you wouldn't know them or like I, I knew them before they were famous kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> they're, you know? they're they're kind of the Florida death metal band of like horror. Yeah. You're, you're Norwegian black metal in two thousand one. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's so weird because I tell fucking everybody about this movie. Like everybody, I meet I I know some real diehard like horror movie fans that know some really weird and out there shit and still they'll tell me like oh i've heard of hatchet but i've never like sat and watched it and i'm like what the fuck's wrong with you like <laughs> and this is one of those blood this is one of those and this is one of those movies that you actually recommended when we did the uh the movies to watch in quarantine episodes right yeah yeah i suggested that we do the the, the hatchet series like definitely check them out and guys like right now, if you have Prime, they're all on Prime, all four of them. Like and, and it, oh man, <laughs> do not watch. And I movie. think and I think that they're they're even like the unrated versions, aren't they? No, they actually aren't. They're the rated ones because I have the unrated version. Yeah, like oh, okay. I have. The unrated. I'm like, man, they're cutting out like some stuff. Like I was noticing yesterday, I was like, cut out some stuff, but like nothing that you'll like really miss. Like it was nothing that big or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> and I find it hilarious that you say that they cut out stuff because, like, even the, the R-rated version, <laughs> the stuff that they left in, dude, <laughs> fucking psychotic, dude. It's ridiculous, and like, so go for uh-huh, it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say like, so if you guys haven't seen um, Hatchet. It was billed, this, it's directed by Adam Green. Like, I fucking love me some Adam Green. I think he's a, 
a really good director. I also think he can be a little uh, arrogant and a little full of himself, um, mainly because I think he, he really did, he struck gold with the Hatchet series. Like the way he built the original one, which came out in 2007, was just build. Uh, it was called Hatchet, old school American horror, yes. or like old or old school American slasher. The return of like, the old school American slasher. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, like it was so weird because I would see it at Hastings. That's how long ago that was. Uh, <laughs> I would see the first one at Hastings, and I regret it to this day because it used to be sixteen ninety nine, or you could buy the twenty dollar one, the nineteen ninety nine one, and it came with a, a hatchet keychain. Like, and it was a oh. little, little hatchet and it said, um, Victor Crowley lives on it. And I just, I nice. didn't know what it was. I never took, I never really took it seriously or into consideration. And then one day, um, I just like said the hell with it. Like, I'm curious about it. I had seen like everybody that was in it. If you guys uh, are fans of like horror movies as a whole, and like you get excited when you see some of your favorite, like horror movie people in other horror movies. Like this is one of those movies. Like the very first, the very first scene in the movie is Robert England and this other kid in a boat, like fishing, and they're just yeah. being assholes to each other. And so, like, it's so let me let me just kids. let me just run down real quick. Let me just run down the the, the caliber of actors that are in this movie. Okay, oh my God, you've got you've got uh, David Joel Moore or Joel David Moore. Okay, this guy was the uh, uh, damn my the, face. The, <laughs> from grandma's boy right like he yeah, comes but... out in a bunch of stuff right but like the one that i know most from is grandma's boy uh you've got kane hotter you've got mercedes mcnab you've got the amazing perry shen joel murray well, richard Reilly, patricia darbo yeah uh robert england tony freaking todd dude like yeah. the cast in this movie is worth like no matter how shitty the movie can be dude everybody in this cast is just uh is uh they they always bring their a game man yeah see and the cast is another one of those reasons to watch and i think the reason that i didn't watch it is because at that time like a lot of these older horror icons were doing mm -hmm. a bunch of really bad movies together where yeah. they'd all just sort of cameos and i was just yeah. like not interested in seeing another one of these like cameo ridden horror films so i was like ah, i'm not too too interested in it but then um I saw a GIF on MySpace. Yeah, MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> and and it's just this GIF of this poor woman having the top of her head torn off, and her tongue is just flailing. And I'm like, okay, I need to my see that. Favorite horror death. <laughs> it's it, oh my god, is it so good? I love and that it was, death. It, it's just one of those like, okay, I need to see what this fucking movie is all about. So I went and just I bought it on a whim. Uh, and uh, I have never once looked back when it comes to the Hatchet movies. Like I bought it, and around maybe like less than a year later, Hatchet Two came out. I bought it. Didn't I? Didn't watch it. I just went out and purchased it. Uh, same same thing with Part Three. I just went out and bought it. Uh -huh. And like four, I've had it on Prime. So like I still need to buy it though. But um, yeah, man. Like so, if you if you guys haven't seen Hatchet, it's it's just an uh, as simple as it gets slasher horror movie like it's really yeah. like very texas chainsaw massacre like in the sense that like they just wandered into the wrong place at the wrong time and like you get a pretty good story that that seems to it spans itself 
over yeah. four movies and it doesn't lose itself. That's my favorite thing about it is it gets weirder, but it never loses itself. Like it, it manages to stay hatchet the entire time. But what's funny about it is that it's done in a way that's extremely like tongue in cheek, right? Yeah. It, it's it's it plays it the thing about it is that it plays just like every stereotypical 80s slasher horror movie, right? Yeah. And then but you what the thing that you notice about it is that every single character, every single situation, every single set and location is is done in a way that there is a genuine I w- I want to say like like a like a genuine uh uh like their their tongue is for not only firmly in cheek, but they're having a blast doing this, and it, that this is a legitimate. This movie would be legitimately at home in 1988. It you know? would have if, if this movie came out in the 80s, you would never know the difference. Yeah, like, exactly. Never know the difference. It is makeup artists in this movie are like John Carl Beekler is, is is the primary makeup artist for the first three. Uh, he passed away like right around the time Victor Crowley came out. Oh, but uh, John Carl Beekler was the primary makeup artist. He was one of the makeup artists that Rennie Harlan called in for Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Like one of the many makeup artists that he called in a favor to next to Steve Johnson and Screaming Mad George. Like he also called in John Carl Beekler. Nice. Um, amazingly talented guy. He plays Jack Cracker in part one and two. Oh, okay. Uh, the guy with the messed up eye. Yeah. And the boat, like, the swap is closed. Like, that's John Carl Beekler. Amazing makeup artist, man. He rests in peace, man. He was an amazing talent. But um, you get this this story, and like if you know if you know about Kane Hodder, like if you watch his uh, to Helen Back documentary, also available on Prime, uh, he, it's it's very interesting that he got a real second breath of life with Victor Crowley. A lot of people yeah. don't realize that he's played. If you don't know who Kane Hodder is, he is your favorite Jason. I'm sure he is. Yeah. Because he was Jason for four movies. Like, he was Jason Voorhees for for part seven, where he fought the little psychic girl for part eight in Manhattan. Like, Kane Hodder literally went from fucking camp to Manhattan to hell to space. Like, yeah. Kane all the movies, the- all the Jason movies that we know of that, like, are, are in pop culture other than the first three, like, he's he's the Jason. He's the one that went to hell. He's the one that, like, you know... Where, like where all, all the joke, joke chases. <laughs> yeah, like like Kane Hodder took it there, and yeah. like he was supposed. It, it, it had always supposed to have been him to play Jason when it came to Freddy versus Jason, and uh-huh. like instead they give it to Ken Krisinger, who was his stuntman, was his own stunt double. They give oh. it to him, and like it really tore him apart. It fucked him up. It broke his heart. He was really depressed about it, and I completely understand. Like, it was one of those, well, you're not big enough anymore. You're not intimidating. And, and like, you don't really seem that scary uh-huh. anymore. And, wow. like, here comes Adam fucking Green and breathes this new life into him with this character called Victor Crowley. Victor Crowley is is wearing nothing but overalls. Yes. He wears overalls, boots. He's a swamp hillbilly. And it does. the only word that he ever says is daddy. It's just, yeah. daddy. And outside of that, he exists to simply rip you apart in any and every fucking way imaginable. It is so ridiculous and over the top. The way <laughs> he kills people. Like, he can't, you, he, he can't just stab somebody. 
Like you can't like there there is not a single regular stabbing in this movie of all the fucking of like the 50 something kills in this movie of the series of movies not a single stabbing. Like yeah. everything yeah, like, in the worst imaginable way. Like See, here's the thing that I love about this film, dude, is that um the gore is overdone like crazy, right? Yeah, it's but ridiculous. It's so like it's it's okay so it's gross right like 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 there's like there's some scenes where and i'm I'm just gonna come out and say it one of my favorite scenes of this movie is where uh the amazing patrica darbo uh if you don't know who she is look her up she comes out in like almost every kid's movie every tv show like she's in everything right along with uh richard really they play a a husband and wife right Mm -hmm. so uh (laughs) He he goes and he uh, uh, he chases them right, mm. and he he as as Patricia Darbo she's running away. He grabs her. The camera comes in like uh, like towards her face, and then it swings oh, around behind shot. him, and then the camera swings around behind him as he's putting his hands in her mouth, and they hide a cut in there. And when they it's swing back around, edit. yeah, it's seamless, dude. And w- when they swing back around. You see a a double of her as he rips her the top of her head off through her like from, mouth from the jaw to the top of her mouth. He just pulls it and just and tears he, the top of her. Yeah, and and he rips it off like nothing, and then like he just he just like leaves her and walks away as the blood is squirting and her tongue is flipping as like a like a mangetta or something. Like the like top it's, of her mouth was a bag of chips, dude. Like effortlessly just. Yeah, and she's and just like her tongue is flailing, dude. It's so brutal. And the whole like, series, all four movies, the kills are like this. They're over the top. They're bloody. They're gory. And they get so they, much more insane. Like, <laughs> so much more violent. Like yeah. it gets, it becomes so ridiculous. And like as a fan of horror movies, like the cast keeps getting funnier and funnier. And funnier, and like they keep adding all these people that you know, and you're like, oh, that sucks that they're gonna die because it's a fucking hatchet movie. Like nobody lives in hatchet movies, dude. There's only one person. No, not even. Not Not even. even Even when he lives, he dies in these fucking movies. Like it's so. There's a there's a running joke in all four movies uh, with Perry Shen. Yeah, and uh, which is my favorite part of this whole this whole uh, uh, film series. It's it's such a fucking great gag. So like in the first one, he's a, a boat driver, and that's how they get onto this swamp to begin with. They they're going on a tour to this place called Honey Island Swamp, and like on on the swamp tour, like these people go on, and they're just they're all kind of dicks. Like they all exist to be fodder. Like everybody's yeah. like, there's a guy there is filming something called Bayou Beavers, which is supposed <laughs> to be like Girls Gone Wild. And, like, you find out that he's actually just a pervert pretending to, like, work for this company and, like, played which by is Joel so fucking Murray. funny. Bill it's Murray's played mother. by Joel Murray. Yeah, dude, he's so good. And, and I love one of the girls. And one of the girls is played by Mercedes McNabb. Uh, you'll remember her from, uh, from uh, uh, Adam's Family Values. She's, she's I'll be the victim. Person. My whole, oh, whole you're life. Like, 
she's she's also the, the Girl Scout in Adam's family. One, the are they made from from real lemons? Like, yeah, I'll buy one of your lemonades for back of your de- my delicious cookies. Like, are they made from real Girl Scouts? <laughs> like that that little blonde girl is in this movie. Yeah, and she it's so weird because like she's just showing her tits through like the majority of it, yeah. and I'm like, oh Amanda, no. <laughs> <laughs> god damn dude and it, it's so it's so fucking funny like them and that the the couple i forget their names man but like i love when he's like oh are you a film director and he's like yeah like have you ever heard of bayou beavers and his wife's like no and he goes yeah no we're <laughs> like, yeah. like sure have no i haven't like <laughs> you fucking dork yeah. Like it, it's so fucking funny, dude. And like Perry Shen has this really weird character in part one where he like he's he's if you don't know who Perry Shen is, he's a little Asian dude. Like he yeah. came out as a new guy. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Like I know he's, he's always on- the background character or like the like the side character in all these different movies and TV shows. And I know um, he's on like TV show right now. I just don't know what it what, what it's called, but like He's playing like a, a, he's like speaking with like a Cajun French accent. Terrible. Like it's terrible. A really bad one at that. Like nobody knows why he's doing it. And then at one point, like his Asian accent comes through and then like his American accent comes through. Somebody punches him in the face for it. Like yeah. he keeps changing accents and he gets punched in the mouth for it. And like they end up killing him. And then when they do part two, it turns out he has a twin brother who works for the company played by him again and like this time he speaks with an actual like paris french accent like (laughs) it's so dumb and then in part three (laughs) and then in part three he's this uh uh like uh like uh ambulance uh paramedic and and they bring they bring up all the bodies and 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 the guy doing the uh uh the uh, the autopsies or whatever he's like hey this guy kind of looks like you why? Because we all look alike. Because I'm Asian. <laughs> and I and I love it because in all four movies he he delivers this line where he goes, "It's hilarious," <laughs> in yeah. this really sarcastic tone. And like he, I love when he does that in part three. Like, why? Because we all look alike, right? Ha ha ha! It's hilarious. Like, <laughs> I love it, dude. Like he just keeps dropping that line in every movie. Like, eh, it's yeah. hilarious. But yeah, he's like, really he's really the MVP of this movie series because uh, he's, he's 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 a go through because uh, in this movie, the uh, the main character of Mary Beth, she's played by uh, Amara Zaragoza. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, like, uh, don't get me wrong. Like she did. She did an amazing job. She she uh, uh, she's the final girl in this movie. Right. And uh, in part two, that which really takes place bad. in the exact same night in the like yeah. it takes place like like an hour later or something like or like right when the right when the movie uh part one ends part part two yeah. begins one two there's... and three will do that like yeah. when part two ends part three begins like same yeah. thing with part one ends part two begins so and, like yeah they, and, and they, it, it, it's, it's funny because two. it's funny because like like each of these movies are made like three or four years uh after each other yeah yeah and like you know what's real funny is that Originally, Adam Green had cast Daniel Harris for the role uh, of Mary Beth in part one. And then someone kind of got in his ear, like he's never really like said who, but someone got in his ear and told him, like, nobody's gonna take your movie seriously because you've already got Jason and Freddie and Candyman, and, like all these other people are in your movie. And like no one's gonna take it seriously. 
because you have there's like you know why am i going to come watch a new killer when like i get it all the old ones are here <laughs> like you're, you're making an ass of yourself like stop like stop parading all these all your friends around kind of you know which he should have taken that advice when he did digging up the marrow but that's a whole other <laughs> like yeah. I, I i didn't like it it was a cute idea but like i didn't care for his movie um he thought he was robert rodriguez before he had a chance to actually be robert rodriguez but that's uh, fine I, I hate it when that happens man yeah especially yeah, with talented like, directors yeah like he just kind of got full of himself really quick and that's okay like it's it's fine. I, I, I probably really would too. Like he didn't go the way of Tom he Six. Pulled a Duffy. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, there you go. He pulled more of a Troy Duffy, but he like at least he got through like four movies first. Or yeah. three. He got through like three hatchet movies first. And like And and I also also want to give a shout out to to uh one of the other movies that he did, which I think is one of the best horror suspense movies that I've ever seen in Frozen. Oh my not god. Not the Disney Frozen. No, there's a, not the Disney one. There's a there's a movie with uh, with Sean Ashmore, uh, mm-hmm. who where there it's three friends who are trapped. The whole movie is them trapped on a ski lift, mm-hmm. and, and a blizzard is coming. Yeah, and a blizzard is coming in, and and it, the 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 park that they're at closes. The the club that they're at closes, and they're stuck there for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And really? the horror in that movie is just so perfectly done and a total 180 from the horror in this movie <laughs> it's very panic and it's very panic inducing it's it's yeah. a legitimate it's a legitimate horror movie when it comes to building suspense like this one yeah. is more a horror movie in the sense that something's trying to kill you and it's not going to stop like victor yeah. Crowley is a force of nature in this movie this and, is a this is a horror lover's horror movie yeah and like even like after he kills like his first victims in the movie like they shoot him like four times and he immediately just oh, like goes down and dies. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? Like that was quick. <laughs> but like as, the, like as the series progresses, you learn that he's a revenant. Like it's a repeater. Yeah. Like no matter how many times he dies, he keeps coming back. He can die. You can hurt him, but he'll yeah. keep coming back. And he's just yeah. this violent force of nature that like destroys anything and everything that's in his swamp. And like, what are you doing in my swamp? it's like it's like it's it's shrek gone bad yeah but like there's so many like throughout this entire series of movies um the the actors that they they keep throwing in here you you see so many so many of your favorite like horror movie tropes like from beginning to end like you get robert england from nightmare on elm street kane hodder from friday the 13th tony todd from Candyman, danielle harris from halloween uh, Caroline Williams from Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Leprechaun, um, Felissa Rose from uh, Sleepaway Camp, uh, Tyler Maine from Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween, Derek Mears from the Friday the 13th remake is in it, um, Zach, what's his name, Gaffigan? Zach Galligan? Galligan, thank you, from Gremlins is in it, like, there are so, so goddamn many, like, just so many people. T- uh, and, Tiffany, Sh- Tiffany Shepis is in it. Like, and the thing is that none of it, none of it, and I mean, maybe I'm, I may be wrong here, but none of it feels like stunt casting at all. Like no, everybody is, everybody is, is everyone's so like, deliberately e- cast. Yeah, especially like, Zach Galligan. Especially Zach Galligan. Like he, he, uh, he plays. I have never seen him play an asshole before. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I have. I've seen him play an asshole. Um. 
or a bad guy in one episode of Tales from the Crypt. And yeah. like, it was good because it's like the big twist that he's like a bad guy and shit. And like, oh shit, like you're a jerk. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I was all yeah. mad at me. And like, you get a bunch of these these people. Like, you get some of the new, like the newer like horror movie actors. Um, I don't know, man. There's just there's so fucking many. Like, everybody's so well cast. Like, nobody's nobody's cast for the fuck of it. Like, yeah. Tony Todd's character as as Clive Washington or Reverend Zombie Reverend is Zombie. Uh, is so good and it's so funny. And like one of my favorite favorite things about him, because um, I've listened to all these movies with commentary tracks, and like I'm always interested in. Like, I am. <laughs> Fucking hey, man, I would too if I had the DVDs. <laughs> I'm, I'm always super interested in like knowing like what the fuck, like how you made certain things, like the effort that they put into this movie, into any of these movies. And so like they're talking to to Adam Green about it. Adam Green's talking about it on a commentary track, and he's talking about how like Tony Todd is like not notoriously difficult, but complicated to work with because Tony Todd gets very deep into his character. Like not, not unlike a, um, a method actor, but he wants to know weird things about these characters, like stuff that a writer wouldn't write about. Like if you were to like, let's say if you were to write like Candyman, right. And everything like that, like, like he would fucking like want to know, like, do the bees ever sleep? inside of him or does he just <laughs> like weird shit like that like who cares like you're not gonna have bees surrounding you like but why wouldn't he like why what are the bees waiting for like he wants to know weird shit like that so i can just imagine him actually asking that like do the bees sleep in him at night yeah, <laughs> yeah right that was really good actually and like so there's like this one part where like in part two where perry shen asks him like, is my brother still alive? And Tony Todd kind of, like, puts his, his thumb and his middle finger to his eyebrows and, like, closes his eyes and peeks his head up like he's trying to go inside his head. And he goes, I don't know. Like, real, like, what the f- Did you have to <laughs> say I don't know? So, yeah. like, the, the reason he did that, he calls Adam Green at 4 a.m. the night before. Like, 4 in the morning, and Adam Green's like, what the fuck? Like, hello? And Tony Todd goes... Adam, quick question about Reverend Zombie. He's like, okay. And he goes, is he psychic? <laughs> no. Can he think that he is? <laughs> sure. Like, I, I, I don't, more than anything, I just want this fucking conversation to end. It's four in the morning. <laughs> so, like, he starts playing it. Like, if you watch part two, like, Tony Todd plays it like he's psychic, but he doesn't know anything. Every time he tries to use his, like, psychic ability, it, it, he retorts with, I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> you're not fucking psychic, you idiot. Like, it's so fucking goofy. But like, it adds to the, to, the, to, the, uh, to, to the craziness of his character because his character is obviously so full of shit. But he takes it so seriously, and it just adds like, to the humor. <laughs> and, like, there, there's so many, like, like I said, the kills become so much more absurd with each passing one. The very first kill in the movie is uh, the guy with the mustache. I forget his name. The, the, from, the, from the old couple. 
Oh, uh, Richard Reilly. Yeah, Richard Reilly. Like, he's the first one that gets, like, uh, no pun intended, gets the axe. Like, they're literally <laughs> walking towards his house. And there's no, like, big, like, monumentous moment where he, like, arrives from, like, the smokiness of the swamp. Yeah. Like, the door is open of this guy's house. You can see, like, candles flickering. And they're just, like, walking towards it. And everybody's like, wait a minute. Like, we don't know what the fuck that is. Don't go towards that house. And she's <laughs> like, help. Can somebody help us? And he just pops up in the doorway and goes, holding a hatchet. And he just starts charging them. He grabs Richard Reilly and starts whacking him as hard as he can in between his neck and his shoulder and hacks him all the way down to his groin yeah. and splits him in half. And this poor old lady is just like, help me, help me, help! Like running. <laughs> and that's where he grabs her by the top of her mouth and like by her mandible and just... Because just apparently the hatcher ran out of ammo. <laughs> no shit. And like, allow me to explain this to you because as crazy as what I just said sounds, it gets weirder. Yeah. Like deaths get fucking crazier from there like i think you gotta admire the imagination that these filmmakers had in coming up with these (laughs) my my personal favorite one um and it's probably because i don't think i've ever in my life ever laughed so hard at a movie at at a moment in the film like i was not was absolutely not ready for this kill um and it's in part two so in part two, uh, what ends up happening is after Victor Crowley goes apeshit and hacks people, uh, Mary Beth is the, the lone survivor. She makes it back to Mardi Gras because it starts off at Mardi Gras. And she makes it back the next morning at Mardi Gras. And that's where um, she tells Reverend Zombie what happened. And Reverend Zombie decides to round up a posse and go out there and like hunt Victor Crowley. And if he's not there, then they, they need to open Honey Island Swamp for tours again. And if he is there, like, we fucking kill him. Like, okay, whatever. I get why you would go back out there. Contrived, stupid, yeah. I'm in. Hey, but it, it, it makes sense, you know. It does. It's the whole thing. Like, little well, sense, but it makes sense nonetheless. Very little sense. But, like, fine, I'll go with it. It, I, it, it makes enough sense for me to say, I'll go with that. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'll follow that. You, you're not, you're not going to lose me on that. So they get there, and they have this whole posse of dudes who are just another, like, group of fodder. And all of these guys are so fucking funny. Like, all the shit they talk to each other, like, it's just so ridiculous. And then you have this moment where they don't really tell you who these people are. They just sort of let you come to the understanding that they are, they're an ex-couple. They used to uh-huh. date each other. And now the guy's getting married, and she's just kind of like, why? Like, why, why did we break up to begin with? And, like, fine, cute. She's trying to hit, she's hitting on him big time. Like hardcore, and then they get to the fucking um, to the swamp, and they go off in pairs. Which again, stupid, but like, let's split up, guys. Like, we'll cover more. <laughs> so like, they go and they do that, and they're walking around like fucking jackasses. And um, she ends up hitting on him, and of course, like he bangs her right in the swamp. So like, he's banging her, and she's like on her knees in this like fucking dirty swamp. And, like, they're doing it doggy style and shit. Yeah. And, like, she's saying... So freaking... Oh, God. <laughs> she's saying some of the most, like, 
weird and disturbing shit and he's trying so hard to just get his nut and like <laughs> this sex scene is so funny dude because she's like yeah you like this better than chocolate ice cream and he's like yeah fuck chocolate ice cream and then, like radical turn she goes you like this better than jesus and he goes huh he goes say you like this better than baby jesus and he goes i, I like it about the same and she goes Say you like it better than baby Jesus. He goes, yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> she goes, yeah, you do. And like Victor Crowley like pops up behind him and he just in one fell swoop wipes this guy's head off, just knocks his head off. And this girl is completely unaware. And the nerves in his headless body start like just firing. So he just starts like, blah, 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 like hitting it real hard. And she's like, whoa, daddy. Like... <laughs> Just getting pounded by the his headless corpse. His headless corpse continues, continues the pumping. I can't take it. I'm sorry. And she finishes as it's so bad. It's like this is part two, guys. They get weirder. Like, yeah. Like, dude, like. We get all the way, we get, I'm, I'm not even kidding, like, at some point in these movies, some poor woman gets her arm torn off, shoved up her vagina, and out her mouth. Like, this is how insane these fucking movies get. Like, they're so ridiculous in their violence. It's, it's so much fun, though. Like, it, these movies are so damn fun to watch, and they're so, they're so hilariously, like, it's so hilariously tongue in cheek, right? Yeah, like they 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 make fun of it. They make fun of the genre without really making fun of the genre. They make fun of it by being really good at it. Yeah, like that's the difference. This is full on uh, for my diehard like fucking horror nerds out there. This is full on Friday the Thirteenth Part Six on Overdrive. Like part, <laughs> six, part six is the first one that gets real ridiculous. Yeah, like one, one through four is like okay. He's it's an actual person. Like Jason's a person. He's just ridiculously strong. Part five is is like a doppelganger, and then six is where he comes back from the grave. Like where he. Like, you know what? I'm a zombie now. <laughs> yeah. Where they just like fuck it. He's undead. Yeah. Like kiss my ass. We're just gonna go with that now. Like cause fuck <laughs> it. I said so. That's why. Like cool. I'll go with that. This is that like from the beginning. Like Hatchet yeah. go takes it overboard. The first one just immediately takes it overboard from there. And like it never comes close to coming back. Like never once. The jump scares get so good because you expect them. And it's not a matter of like when's the jump scare coming? It's a matter of what's gonna happen to the poor bastard that gets jump scared. Yeah. Because you don't you don't live at, they don't these people don't live after the jump scares. No. Like and and some of these deaths are real. Like oh my fuck, dude! Like, sir, was that even necessary? Like, <laughs> like there there's there's some real and and uh, there's some real maliciousness to the deaths, yeah. but they yeah. don't like as far as far as the uh, 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 the 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 way they are in in the movie. But as far as entertainment value, like yeah. there, there's it's it's just uh, it, it's extremely comical. You know, yeah, and, but, and that's 
Because some of these people, you cannot wait for them to die. Right? <laughs> yeah, especially just, in part one. Especially in part one. Like, oh, my yeah. God. every Everybody, every one of them, you really want them to die. Yeah. Like, as, as the series progresses, they give you a couple more characters. You're like, I hope they make it. They're not. <laughs> like, newsflash. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, in part three, and here's the thing. And here's the thing. Like, in part three is really where... I think part three is the best of all of them as far as story and action and, and all that goes. I think part three is part three is the best one. Um, but like the, the it's, it's the best one because it is the end of, of the trilogy as, as, as it is, you know? So, you know, all, all the, all the stories wrap up and everything uh, in part three, but real quick, let's, let's talk about the, the story that takes place because this movie, these three uh, hatchet one, two and three, take place over a couple of nights right 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 so what happened was uh the uh um the crowleys were you know they they lived they lived in the swamp in of louisiana and 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 i love the setting of this of this movie like the louisiana swamps and and the whole bayou and new orleans and all that stuff and and it's all shot out there too like they shot out there yeah it's all shot in location man And, and and the way and the way that Adam Green directs these movies and the way that he sh- he sh- he shoots, it's it's done. It looks like a multi million dollar movie. Okay, Man, so much. It looks like, so much like it costs millions of dollars. Like the like, lighting, the lighting, and and the like. For example, like what what I had said earlier, the uh, the death scene of that old lady. The like that, that's the makeup everything is is just top notch and the the production value while being very very low um there was a lot lot of extra time put in a lot of extra time that wasn't in the budget put into right movie. like you you see like you fucking see like 120 cents of every dollar yeah like it, he everything is utilized to such like magnificent tones man like everything they do like yeah. no stone goes unturned, man. Like he he really puts all the money into it, and that's the thing is that each movie looks more and more expensive. Yeah, like each one gets like like you need money to build like like even if you want that like like even if you had it on location like no let's just build the set now, mm-hmm. and like they built some fucking amazing sets and filmed in some incredible locations. Like it's a fucking they're, they're all really beautiful looking movies. Like every last yeah. one of them. Like so, my, I'd say my favorite looking of of all of them is probably I don't know if it's I don't know if I like three or, or part four, like more in in the way it looks. Probably three. Uh, I think three was was lit the best. It, it used their locations uh, way better. Yeah. Um, probably the better of of all the stories. Well, it's the uh, only one that had uh, it, it had uh, um, the most locations, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. This one had like the most locations because most and of the these, largest cast, I think, too. Yeah, absolutely. This yeah. one had the yeah. much bigger cast. So, yeah. like, what what happens in this movie is like um, at the beginning of part one, um, Robert England and his son meet their demise, and. Um, his daughter decides to go into Honey Island Swamp to try to find them. And, like, knowing the stories of of Honey Island Swamp, of Victor Crowley, and, like, you hear stories that there was there was a cabin, like, on, on the swamp. And these kids were trick-or-treating, 
and they were throwing fireworks at Victor Crowley's house. And Victor Crowley was a little deformed kid. And uh, the firecrackers lit the house on fire. And his father tried to chop the door down, but he was leaning against the door, like, like trying, trying, to, uh, trying to get out. And uh, the father hit Victor in the face with the hatchet and killed him. And yeah. <laughs> I, so that's, that's what you hear in part one, right? So, like, Victor's just in the swamp looking for, waiting for his dad. So, like, you, that's the only thing you ever hear him say. Like, that's his, like, call. Like, people are out, like, there's no such thing as Victor Crowley. And you hear way out in the distance, Daddy! Yeah. Like, real far away <laughs> and shit. And it's like, fuck you, dude. Like, <laughs> the, way they, the way the audio sounds for it, like, the way they make it sound like it's really far away yeah. and, like, approaching is so gross. Like, it's like, what do you want? How much do you need to happen before you say, fuck this? Like, what are you doing? It, it becomes like, go, go for and, it. And, uh, I was going to say, man, it's funny because like, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm such a, I'm such a, a, a sadistic fuck, dude. I, before I go to sleep, I love watching ghost videos. Okay. Yeah. And I love watching like EVP uh, videos and and you know stuff that you know haunted places and stuff like that's my jam right mm-hmm. so the fact that they put something like that into this movie it it it's very effective to me like and it really really got me when you have something as goofy as this movie is but that little thing that little touch that doesn't involve any blood it doesn't involve any gore it doesn't involve any killing it's just him shouting in the distance you know yeah. that in a Louisiana swamp in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, like and and that's the fucking as if it isn't creepy enough out there with gators. Like, even like in part one, somebody's bitten by a gator. Yeah. So like, so you have that being the story for part one. So like part two, when they when they go back to like they round up the posse, you find out that um, Robert England was actually one of the kids throwing fireworks at him, like it was him his brother and their friend and they were throwing mm-hmm. fireworks that night and, and it lit the house on fire. So now they think that if he gets revenge on everybody that like killed him, then he'll, he'll go in. The curse will be lifted from the swamp. Yeah. And this is where you find out that he's, he's cursed because um, Vic, Victor Crowley's mother was sick when she was pregnant and she, and she died giving birth to him. And like the father was having an affair with the the midwife, and like mm. she put a curse on the midwife, like and and her womb and Thomas Crowley, like all this shit. So like they it, there's there's a curse that's on him, and um, they think okay, well if he kills everybody that like caused the fire that night, the curse will be lifted. Well, one of the people who threw the fireworks died of leukemia when he was a kid. Yeah. So there's no one to get revenge on. So the curse can't be lifted. <laughs> so like, well, that sucks. And so like, the thing is, is that the thing is, is that uh, the the character that Daniel Harris plays, she goes to the swamp with her uncle, right? And they uh, she she goes there along with uh, at the end of the movie, uh, she she's there with uh, with uh, uh, with the zombie character, right? And they leave her quote unquote uncle in the in the in the shed as it's burning down and yeah. she turns around to him and she says he's not my real uncle he's just my dad's best friend right yeah, like my real uncle died of leukemia when he was a kid 
Yeah. And like, so that's a twist around. at the end of the movie. <laughs> it's such a good twist because he turns around and like Victor Crowley's just standing there, like looking at him, like, I'm going to kill you too. Yeah. And like, <laughs> there's just this fucking fantastic moment where this idiot tries to fight him and Victor Crowley literally rips his skin off. Like, oh my God, dude. Okay. A skin pull. So, <laughs> so he rips the guy in half and like you just see him like, like pulling, right? And the first time I saw this movie, I'm like, oh, shit, he's going to rip his spine out like Sub-Zero, right? Like, That's no. Like, no. They went a step further. He literally skins this dude and <laughs> throws his half a body against the tree <laughs> as awesome. he's still screaming. It's so fucking brutal, dude. And, like, like, they get so, like I said, they get so much more violent than that. So, like, after that, like, she ends up, like... Like she she decks him in the face with the hatchet again, and she proceeds to just hack at his face until it's ribbons. Like his yeah. face is in pieces. And like if that's not bad enough, she like hacks him, leaves him there with this giant hole in his face, and she like walks away from him, and you see his hands start creeping towards the hatchet still. And she comes marching back in with a shotgun that's as long as her. And like in Denver, just like start shooting. <laughs> she just comes back. You have to understand that Daniel Harris is like five foot one, and she's carrying a yeah. four foot shotgun. Like it looks <laughs> so fucking funny, and she just grabs it, points it at that giant hole in his head, and goes, "Fuck you!" Boom, and blasts it, and that's the end of fucking part two. So the beginning of part three is her walking that's away so- from his corpse, and he just sits up. With this giant hole in his head. Like, so like real quick, so like real quick, I want to I want to discuss that awesome opening, which is another reason why I think part three is the best of the movies. Mm-hmm. But real quick, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a real quick break here on the Movie Know It All podcast on RGV Titan Radio. We're on a nine five six. We'll be right back. Are you looking for great local music? Then tune in to RGVTitanRadio.com. We play everything local, like hip hop, rock. And country. Back to my back now, driving down I 35. If you want your music played on our radio station, then send your music to playmymusic at rgvtitanradio.com. Once more, that's playmymusic at rgvtitanradio.com. Be sure to send MP3 files that include the names of the track, album, and band or artist, along with cover art. rgvtitanradio.com. We are the 956. From the depths of the primordial ooze of pop culture, two figures emerge to bring their gift of knowledge and films to the masses. Their only qualifications? They watched a hell of a lot of movies when they were kids. They're not just experts. They're not just fans. They are movie know-it-alls. Join Bob and Will every Wednesday at 5 p.m. as they host the Movie Know-It-All podcast. Only on RGB Titan Radio. We are the 956. calling you man to see if you wanted to go to the show over at yerb let me know dude call me back bro this club is popping off right now man i'll send you the location dude get out here look man i get it you're social distancing but come on man let's go to the mall let's go have some lunch don't be that guy covid19 is serious 
always wash your hands, always wear a mask, and only go out for the essentials. This message is brought to you by RGVTitanRadio.com. We are the 956. You're listening to RGV Titan Radio. We are the 956. Here on the Movie Know It All podcast, here on RGV Titan Radio, we are the 956, talking about the amazing uh, quadrility of films known as the Hatchet films. And um, I want to go back real quick uh, before we start talking about the third movie, which, like I said, in my opinion, is probably the best one of the, of the uh, original trilogy. Uh, is talk about let's talk about the story about how Daniel Harris had originally gotten the part of in part one of uh, of uh, um, Mary the Beth. character of Mary Beth and how she was not only replaced, but then she got her job back for the sequel. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, from what I understand, like they, he, he opted to cast uh, the other girl whose name escapes me and she was good. Like she was, she was fine. But, um, hatchet was, she one went of by, the- she went by, uh, uh, I think in the movie, uh, her stage name is, is, uh, um, Tam- Tamara Feldman. Yeah, but her real name is Amara Zaragoza. Yeah, there you go. And um, from what I understood, like after Hatchet came out, uh, she was none too pleased with it. Like she did not want um, to be like part of that world. Like she didn't want to be Mary Beth for another few movies. Like that. What the hell was she trying? Like, like was she upset that it got successful or what? <laughs> I think she didn't know it was going to be as like bloody and gory and violent as it was. Was like, she on is, set? <laughs> no shit. Like, it's a movie that's violent for the sake of being violent. Yeah. Like, it's it's it really is. Like, there's if you guys are looking for like Oscar award winning like performances in a horror movie, then come back in two weeks for a review. But like. <laughs> yeah. Right now, this is these movies are violent for the sake of being violent. These are like kung fu horror movies, like they're just violent. And like, I guess you didn't want to be part of a series of movies that went that way because there was always a plan to do a part two. There was never a plan for three and four. Uh, Like he had he had no intention of ever taking it this far. Like now, I think it goes all the way to like six. Like there's still two more movies he's gonna do. Nice, which is fucking so absurd, and I can't wait. I like, it. I cannot fucking wait to see what he does with it. Yeah. And, like, Danielle Harris is one of those people who, like, she's always she's always come back to horror. Like, no matter where she ventures, she always makes her way back to horror movies. And, like, they almost cost her her life at one point because some idiot stalked her and, like, tried to kill her. Yeah. But, like, when she was a kid, dude, like, it's gross. But, um, yeah, man, like, she, from what I understand, like, Adam Green, like, offered her the rollback. And she asked for a ridiculous, like, sum of money. Like, the type of sum of money that, like, Adam Green wouldn't even entertain. So yeah. he was just, like, moving on. Like, I'll just call Danielle back. And she was she was upset. She's like, I'm taking it, but begrudgingly. Like, I'm mad at you. And she was, <laughs> like, she was butthurt about it. She was like, dude, yeah. like. Well, yeah, of course. Like, I would be too. <laughs> like, and it it would have been so much better if she was in all four of them. Yeah. Like, it really would have been. But, like. She's really well. She's in all four of them, but she's she's really only well. She's in in three of the four of them, but she's really only in two and three. 
And like, so why did they change her in the first place? It was one of those things for Adam Green where somebody got, like I said, somebody got in his ear and was just like, you have so many of like these cameos in it. Like that's all people are going to see is that it's just a cameo written horror film. And nobody likes those. Like nobody wants to see those. Like we get, we get it. You're friends with all these people. Like, and he went, like he did, he was trying to show everybody like who all his friends were is what it felt like to me. Because yeah, he really like at, at the same time, it's like uh, you, you're not guaranteed to make a sequel or another movie, you know. Right. So you might as well use it all. And that was my point. I was like, "You idiot! Like you should have fucking done it anyway. Like who cares? Yeah. Like fuck the fact that they're your friends. Like they're they're icons, and you're putting them in good roles. Yeah. Like Danielle Harris as Mary Beth is is most certainly like like over over the first girl. I think she's so much better. Like yeah. it's just the, the role was made for her, it really and was. like. And it's it's so funny because like like her and Kane Hodder like face off like in in two and three like fist to face face off type of shit and she is so tiny like <laughs> a little little woman yeah. and like I've I've met Kane Hodder in real life and he's like six foot three he's he's a pretty big fucking dude yeah. like he is he is intimidating as fuck and like when I met him. And I asked for his picture. He he said, yeah, man, let's get a picture together. He's like, here, I'm going to put my hands on your throat, give you a little strangle. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, hell yes. Like, I was going to ask for that anyway. But I was like, do I ask for that? Like, is that annoying to him? Like, yeah. I love so much. I try to take into consideration every time I meet, the, like, a celebrity. I try to take into consideration that they are human beings. Yeah. And, like, some of them don't like, like, being called by their characters and, like, being annoyed by that type of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't ever want to be one of those people who yells at an actor in the street for an asshole that they play in the show. Like, yeah. I don't ever, you know, I would never want to be, that's embarrassing and silly to me. So I'm, I'm, and that's I'm so prolific, be, in, prolific in, in the, in the horror genre, especially, yeah. you know, like so you, here get, you, you, have, get, you get typecast as this one type of character, you know? So here you have this guy who was Jason for four movies, Victor Crowley for four movies. And I'm like, you know, do you ask him to put his like hands around you and make it look like he's gonna? <laughs> but he he just I'm put my hands around your throat, make it look like I give you a little strangle. I'm like, sounds fucking great, brother. <laughs> he the way he grabbed me for this picture, like, uh, and you can see it. It's on my Facebook. The way he grabbed me, like, you can see the look in my face. Like at any given second, he could have killed me. There is nothing I could have done. Kane Hodder could have just pulled my neck out of place if he wanted to. Um, he could have just crushed my and fucking. And you would have thanked him for it. <laughs> would have done. I would have. Whatever I would have done, it would have been the last thing. <laughs> he's he's fucking strong, and like, I when you watch that to Helen back documentary, he talks about that he does that on purpose. Like he does that on purpose because people have like, given him shit before, and like he wants people to know like I will crush you. Like, I can hurt you really badly if you touch me. Yeah, he's not a I, tiny guy. No, he's like, not. He's very fucking strong. Like, he's abnormally strong. Uh, and he is so fucking polite. And he is so fucking cool. And he will talk movies with you about, like, anything. He'll talk about his friends. Like, all that shit. Like, he was super personal and polite to me. Like, he would say my name, like, all the time. Like, how's it going, Bob? Like, he was super fucking cool. Like, one of the night I've met some fucking wild cool like horror movie icons uh, uh, a few of them a few of them have been in this fucking movie like i met sid Haig. he's in part three may he rest in peace like 
Sid Haig was super nice, like kind man. I met Doug Bradley, who was fucking pinhead and Hellraiser. Like super nice guy, but like nobody was ever more polite, in my opinion, than Kane Hodder. He was super fucking cool. He was super welcoming. Like he was he was like willing to take um my old girlfriend's dad, uh uh not a big Friday the thirteenth fan, but he had a shirt and a pair of pants and he was bald and he looked like Jason from part three. <laughs> and he was around the same size as Kane. And um, he met Kane, and he brought his like machete to the to Harakon with him. And Kane was like, "Oh, you got your machete with you? You want to take a picture with it?" And like, we'll do a, we'll do a thing. And like, he held his machete up, and like Kane took a picture with like holding up a hatchet like at him, uh-huh. like they were gonna fucking like fight and shit. And he didn't have to do any of that stuff. Like no one asked him. Like he offered, like he offers to do that kind of shit. Like that's so cool, su- man. Like super nice fucking guy. And, like, it's so weird because, like, you see him in these movies and he's just, he's a fucking monster. (laughs) He's fucking intimidating as fuck, especially in Hatchet. Like, I love him in Friday the 13th. He brought so much to Jason. Like, he brought so much anger and, like, rage with the way he would breathe. Like, he would just, he breathes hard. And, like, the thing that's really good is Kane Hodder has a really good face for acting under makeup. Yeah. And, like, they put all this shit on his face. Like, you can't see Kane Hodder in Victor Crowley. Like, if, <laughs> if you if you would have told me that was anybody else, I'd believe you. Like, yeah. I would believe you. Like, I don't the, know who that is. I can't see his face. Like, he's covered in, like, tumors. The makeup and, is is so, it's, it's, it's so, like, I don't want to say overdone, but there's a lot of it on the face. It's, it's not overdone. It's done no. just really right. Because like, he's very, he's really deformed. And he's got... Yeah. The scars from when he was killed, you know. Yeah. So it it needs a lot of makeup, but there's a lot on there. And like, but you can still see his face, and he still acts. He still he moves his eyebrows, like the way he squints his eyes, like the way he bugs them, like he's fucking scary. And like one of my one of my favorite stories, and like you can, I think the behind the scenes footage is still on YouTube. Um, the first time, uh, because the other thing that was real good about it was. When he was doing Jason, they'd let him map a lot of his scenes, like most of them anyway. With this one, he mapped all of them. Like he maps everything with Victor Crowley. So like wherever he pops up, it's him. Like these are his ideas to like jump scare and shit like that. Like the way he does certain like things, they're, they're, most of them are his ideas. And like he's very Lon Chaney in the fact that he brings to life the monsters that he plays. Like Lon Chaney would do that. And that's what Kane does. So one of my favorite things that he did was in in the very first hatchet, it's the scene towards the end where they're running from him and they're all in the cemetery mm-hmm. and they're hiding behind tombstones and he just like, pops up next to him mm-hmm. and they start screaming and they run. That's the first time anybody saw him in makeup. Like nobody oh, wow. knew, like except Adam Green and the makeup artist. No one else had seen him. He even came out to block the scene with a towel around his head. So you couldn't see what he looked like. And he came out and he was like, okay, like, here's what we're going to do. And you're going to stand here. Like, these are your marks, like set everything up. And everybody's kind of like trying to look at him. Trying to get a look. (laughs) He's got, and he has the thing wrapped around his face. So you can't see him. And he's even wearing towel over his shoulders. So you can't see the tumors on his shoulders either. But he doesn't want anybody to get a glimpse of what he looks like. So he blocks the scene 
And then when they're getting ready to do it, he goes and he hides and he starts going, ah, ah, and starts pounding on walls, like getting himself like into fucking character. Damn, and dude. like they're they're watching it in that girl Mercedes from from Adam's family's there and she's shaking yeah. and like that cat Joel is like, are you okay? And she's like, he's scaring me so bad. Like, I hate this. I hate this so much. I don't want to do this. Like, he's, all right. he's all right. Like, it's cool. Like, he's a nice guy. She's like, I know he's nice. I'm afraid he's going to kill me. Like, it's super nerviosa. So, like, that reaction where they all start, yeah, like, just screaming and running, that's a legitimate reaction. Like, they'd never seen him, like, what he looked wow. like. So, like, all sorts of fun little shit that he does like that. Like, he's really fucking brilliant in, in, in what he does. And I'm glad he got to play a character like Victor Crowley because he got to do something with it. Like, with Jason, you just have to stand there and be intimidating. And it's not too hard wearing a hockey mask. Yeah. It's, it's already not too hard. Being that size and wearing a hockey mask, like, it already commands attention. Like, this is not a mask. Like, this is a face. Like, he's just mm -hmm. ugly. And, like... I don't know, man. And, and he, he was also able to pay to play Victor Crowley's dad. Uh, uh, yeah. He had a couple of scenes in part one where he didn't wear makeup. He he right. was actually there on screen, you know, all himself. Mm. And those scenes were they were they were they were done very very seriously. And and I got to tell you, man, like the emotion comes out. Yeah, especially he's with somebody really good. Especially like, with somebody who. Yeah, especially with somebody who looks as scary and intimidating as he does this yeah. six foot three you know guy who's got the face of a of a face smasher you know shows genuine emotion when when he's dealing with the with the with the you know the fact that his wife is dying and you know his son and then the look on his face when he accidentally kills his son is just yeah it's, it's dude, heartbreaking man and it was the same like the the scene where where um he like fires his shotgun into the air and he's like telling those kids to come outside and he starts crying and he says, you killed my son. Yeah. Like he wasn't supposed to cry. Like originally he was supposed to like, you killed my son. Like, like an angry kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And he like, he, he asked Adam Green, like, can I try it? Like crying? And he's like, yeah, go for it. And he was like, I didn't think Kane could cry on command. And wow. like he did, like, he just did. And like Adam kept, that cut where he cries like he's like dude i'm gonna keep that cut in the film like just this broken father yeah like and, and he's good like kane's a good actor and it, it's unfortunate that like you never get to see him in those roles he did like um he did this web series with adam green that was really really fucking fun uh oh i think we lost bob Oh snap! Sorry, sorry, sorry. Scam likely phone call came through. I apologize. Okay, but I'm so, back. Um, yeah. What so series? Like, yeah, he was. I can't, and I wish to God I could remember what it was called. I'm sure it's still on YouTube. But they did this web series where, like, um, it's like a world where Adam Green did Hatchet, and it failed, like miserably, and like all his money, like just he got fucked, and he's living at home. Uh, in his mom's basement with Kane because he tanked Kane's career, like with with Hatchet. Oh. So like they live together in a basement, and Kane's like super depressed about like Ken Krisinger getting the role of Jason in Friday the Thirteenth, and he's like, like no, 
Like I end up make, I end up in roles of stupid movies with jackass directors who think they're going to be the second coming of slasher films. And he was like, <laughs> he goes, that felt like a personal shot. And he was, you like that? Do you feel that one in your heart? Like, just a, he's a giant dick to him, dude. And like, like Kane's a really funny fucking actor. And and it's like, man, they don't they don't give him the time of day. He always plays like these like monster roles, but he's so good at them, like. So it's it's nice. It's in part two where you see him really like kind of shine a bit without the makeup. Yeah, yeah, and and those and those scenes are 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 you know very important for the uh, for the for the background of the story. Now, when when we get to part uh, part three, we're talking about part three now, right? So yeah. we get to part three, and I I I, I adore this this uh, this one where she uh, Danielle Harris. It takes place right after, right as as part two ends, part one begins, part three begins, and as she's walking, she's covered in blood, head to toe, covered in blood, <laughs> like so, like some sort of fetish thing, right? <laughs> blood, and as she's walking away, it, right behind her, over the shoulder, out of focus, in the shadows, you see Crowley's body come up, Just and they don't up, focus like, on, yeah, like no, the Undertaker, no, they don't. Like they don't focus like on the it. They don't cut to it. It just shows him walking, like like sit up as she's walking away. It's such okay. a good shot. <laughs> and 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 I and I gotta tell you, man, the rest of this movie is just it's just bonkers, and they take it to an to another level. This one is not as focused on the kills as the first two are. This is no. this is more story driven kind of thing, and I love the story that they tell with this one. It, it's because it's so fucking fun and wild, and like I said, it never gets away from like the story that you've been following. Like, it only feels like this is the next logical place to go. Yeah. Like, and, and it, it's it does seem at first a little like what, but you're kind, of, but you go <laughs> with it. You you do kind of like no, I'm going, I'm with you so far. Like I'm yeah. with you so far, and like this one has. Because the first one, it's just a group of tourists. The second one, it's a it's a posse of like hunters. But in the yeah. third one, really like it's, yeah, like in the third one, it's it's elite like police forces, like out there yeah. with like assault rifles and like bazookas and like <laughs> ridiculous shit. And I love it because like everybody's such a Billy badass. Like half and of them Derek are really Mears. Yeah, like Derek Mears is the, like I don't give a damn if it's the devil out here. Like he didn't give a fuck. Like. He's willing to fight whatever. So here's fucking Derek Mears. Oh, we like him again? No, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Oh, no. Hello? Well. Ladies and gentlemen, we are currently experiencing technical difficulties. Please stay with us, and we'll be right back with you. Hey, we're back. Uh, sorry about that, guys. We had a little little hiccup in the uh, in the internet thing, but we're back here at the movie Know It All podcast on RGV Time Radio. We are the nine five six. What were you What were you saying before we were so rudely interrupted by technology? I don't know, man. I was probably saying a bunch of stuff. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Like what, what what I was saying was like, um, now you have this this story with these guys where like. Now that you have you have Derek Mears, who's like, 
in this whole, like, I don't give a damn if the devil's on Honey Island Swamp. And then you have Zach Galligan, who's like, there's nothing on Honey Island Swamp. Like, and he's like trying to pin it on, on this like little five foot Daniel Harris who like went and like wiped out like 30 people in two nights. Like, yeah. Okay. And Zach. He, he's, he's hell bent on, on like, no, she did it. And she, he's not listening to anybody. <laughs> and, and there's this one dude who's like, I don't remember what his name is in the, in the movie, but he's like, he's like, how the fuck is nobody else scared? Like, what are you, what's wrong with you? Are you scared? Like, hell yes, I'm scared. Fuck yes, I'm scared. He's like a deputy, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. He's like, sir, there are, those are balls hanging from the tree. Those are somebody's balls. And there's literally someone's testicles just hanging from the tree. <laughs> he, he's like, I don't know what happened here. All I know is those are balls. <laughs> just super like, fuck this, man. Like, so it's, it's so fucking funny, dude. So like we're introduced to uh to uh, Zach Galligan the uh, uh the sheriff and his ex-wife who just so happens to be a uh I guess she's like a like a journalist journalist of some type she's a local and, Victor Crowley historian. Yeah, like a uh, historian, okay. And yeah. uh yeah. So she uh uh she actually Man, wants to to uh uh get Daniel Harris out of prison so that they can because she in in her mind she wants to uh to set him free right right like she she knows the story and that she's the one that that brings up the whole like i know i know where the uh where his father is as long as we get him re you know uh back with his dad yeah it'll it'll break the curse and shit it'll break the car the curse right so um so we they they go to I, I I forgot where where was it that that she takes them to go and they get the ashes. They go of, they, they go get them from uh, his best friend, who is played by Sid Haig. Oh, uh, okay. But who's played magnificently racist by Sid Haig? Like <laughs> he just plays this fucked up racist old man. What's with the colored? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And don't be stealing things. I got my eye on you. <laughs> he's, he's such man, a I, giant piece of shit, dude. Like, man, I missed that part, man. I didn't even. I, I, uh, cause, cause I watched this. I watched this one over like three days, uh, wow. and and I, I guess, I guess I missed that part. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking funny, dude. Like, they they just go to get the ashes from him, and he's just such a fucking like giant, rude, racist asshole to the black cop. <laughs> and like, they just flat out like we'll bring it back to you later and they just run out of his house like he like he like plays just like a wackadoo like he's a crazy old man wow and like, like he has like which some he plays of, perfectly by the way he, yeah he does it so well because even he's like what year do you think this is like, <laughs> yeah. he's so bad dude yeah and and it's they so like they go and like they like caroline williams thinks that like reuniting him with his father will like break the curse and um not entirely incorrect like they're not entirely incorrect because like you know he ends up of course he ends up killing zach galligan and caroline williams anyway like he ends up he just pulls her head off yeah like just inks it right out of its like like socket and and, and like, the blood that squirts out is just like it's it's like a fountain like you know you know you know that effect that you get when you put your thumb over the manguera <laughs> yeah you know, it's exactly what it looks like yeah. just the geyser like coming out of her throat yeah. and, like, 
The part that makes me laugh after that is Daniel Harris just starts screaming and he just chucks the head at her and nails her in the face. <laughs> like just like shut up. So hard. And like just whack. Like just max overhead. Like I couldn't stop fucking laughing at that. And I was like, Jesus like, Christ, dude. And doesn't she get knocked over and like she goes next to a boat and and who pops out of the boat but freaking uh, the guy from part one, what's his name? Uh um <laughs> Robot boy, like, uh, face. I forget his uh, name. Joel David Moore. He plays hey, Joel David Moore. And then, and then Crowley throws a hatchet at his face, and he's like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> he made it through three movies, and then he still fucking died. Yeah. It, was, it was so fucking ridiculous, like such an unnecessary shot. But I was like, "That was great." I like, love that they brought him back just for that one thing. Just for just for the death shot. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking funny, man. Like everything about it is just so goddamn ridiculous. So like, she ends up throwing like his his father's ashes at him, and it just starts to dissipate him. Like after he throws her through a tree branch, he like throws her into a tree branch, and she's stuck on a tree for a minute. Yeah, she's like, hanging there while there's a giant like sharp uh, piece of wood jutting through her her stomach, and like she just like pulls herself off and his he's literally melting off of his own bones after the ashes hit him yeah. and she picks up the shotgun and she's like oh come on like just get up again like just yeah. do it. <laughs> like could she know she's bleeding to death like she's gonna die yeah and she's like come on like i know you're alive like just stand up like just yeah. oh, let me kill you one more fucking time and like he doesn't move but she goes fuck it and just blows him to pieces with a shotgun and like falls over and is dying and like helicopters show up like Perry Shen was hiding in like the ambulance and like yeah he makes it and like she looks like she's dead and the last shot of part three is her just like <gasps> like gasping yeah. and like just them letting you know she's still alive so then and I, and I love how each one of these movies just goes straight to black and straight to the credits like no yeah. there's no epilogue there's no nothing it's just boom movie ends and, like, so what happens from here is that uh, the next movie was just... I don't know if you know this, because, like, as a fan of it, it kind of threw me. Um, every single movie after part one, you know, like, Hatchet 2 is coming. The trailers would drop. Like, oh, holy shit. Like, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see the next Hatchet movie. So, fucking... One night at... Uh, I think it was in Austin. Um, Adam Green tells everybody, like hey, do you guys want to watch my new movie tonight? And everybody's like, yeah, like, fuck yeah, like, excited. And he was like, cool. I hope you guys enjoy it. And he just fucking plays Victor Crowley. Nobody knew he filmed a fourth. Oh, snap, actually. really? Like, no, there were rumors, but there was never anything that, like, said, like, he's, he's definitely filming a Hatchet movie. Uh -huh. So Victor Crowley takes place in real time, eight years after part three. Yeah. Like, it, it take, or six years after part three. It takes place in real time. So, like... Now what happens is the paramedic played wonderfully by Perry Shen, Andrew Young in the movie, um, is now a bit of a celebrity who wrote his book called I Survivor <laughs> about how he like survived a night when Victor Crowley went on a massacre and nobody believes him. Everyone thinks he's the one who did it. Yeah. And like, he's, he's even on a talk show where they tell him like, so you're kind of like the OJ of today. And he's like, I wouldn't, say that at all like he went on his ex-wife's talk show <laughs> like, 
Like, like, have Eggly, you read the book yet? Like, I, I like that. Like, have you read the book yet? I skimmed it. Like they 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 cut to a scene where uh, they cut to a a hotel room where the show is showing, and like through the TV, he kind of looks directly into the camera. Like, you got to be kidding me! You like, know, <laughs> such a giant dick to him too, dude. Yeah. Just so and like <laughs> now we're following his story, and he's doing all these book interviews and stuff like that, and his manager who's played by Felissa Rose of Sleepaway Camp fame. Uh, if you guys haven't seen Sleepaway Camp, that's on Net- That's on, I'm not on Netflix, that's on Prime also. Get Prime, guys. Prime is kicking so much ass with the fucking horror movie stuff. Yeah. I, I cannot recommend Prime enough. Like, I really can't. And, um, yeah, dude, so, like, she, she tells him that they've offered him a million dollars if he'll fly out to Honey Island Swamp where the massacre mm-hmm. happened and do an interview. And he's like, no, like fuck all that. But like, hold on, 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 hold on. (laughs) I real quick, real quick. I just want to talk about the opening scene of this movie, real quick. (laughs) It's probably my favorite because them, dude. The opening scene of this movie is one of the funniest. It's funnier than like nine out of ten comedies that I have seen. It's and it's so stupid. It's so over the top and dumb, dude. Like, but it's hilarious. We really should because it, it does. It lets you know right away you're about yeah. to watch a fucking hatchet movie. Like, <laughs> like because it, it, it starts off in the swamp. Like right yeah. away you're in the swamp, and it's supposed to be in like the fifties. The fifties, yeah, yeah. So you you are it already it already kind of like takes you away from the idea that it's Victor Crowley, but like at the same time when you really look at it, you're like, this is a fucking hatchet movie. Like yeah. right away, you know. and it's this guy who's getting ready to propose to his girlfriend of seven months, <laughs> and like talking about how much he loves taking her out for ice cream and shit like that, and she realizes that he's about to propose, so she starts crying, and she like these shit, she, these snot bubbles start coming out of her nose, she and he's her like, makeup, and he's like, oh Jesus Christ, like just trying to propose to her, and she looks so bad, like he's looking just, away, like like. Like just, just will you marry me? I want to, I want to be, I want to be with you for my for the rest of my life. I want to give you popcorn. I want to watch a movie. Just, just take it, please. <laughs> take the ring, please. Like, <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous, dude. And then like, and that's where they they let you know it's a Victor Crowley movie because you hear the the daddy and like fucking of all people for whatever reason, Tyler Maine pops out. Uh, yeah. You guys don't know who Tyler Maine is. He was uh, Michael Myers in Rob Zombie's Halloween films. He was Sabretooth uh, in the original X-Men Saber movie. Tooth in the original X-Men. Uh, and he just pops out and he's like, what are you two doing here? You shouldn't be out here. And they're like, sorry, we were just hearing noises. And he goes, yeah, I heard them too. Now hear my warning. Never, ever whack. Uh, like, if you want to survive, listen, like, do this if you want to survive. And then they cut his head off. They just rip his head clean off. And like it's so funny because like at that point it's like, yeah, that's Freddie, Jason, Michael Myers, Candy Man. He's got them all. Yeah. He got everybody. Like Victor Crowley got everybody. Yeah. So like <laughs> and the, the movie's not the movie's actually not called Hatchet Four. It's it's called Victor Crowley. And um so what happens is he ends up agreeing to fly to the swamp. At the same time, there's these people who are trying to make a movie about Victor Crowley, 
um, on the swamp and they're playing these YouTube videos um, trying to find the proper incantation, the incantation that like rose him to begin with. So in playing the which, incantation, which, did they did they uh, uh, did they establish that in the first movies? No, they well in part two. <laughs> oh, okay, they established part two when she she puts that curse on him. Okay, so like you can say it and do it all you want, but they did it on Honey Island Swamp where his remains are. Oh, okay. so it brought, it brought his remains back. Yeah, and like that's why the that's why the fucking the plane crashes. So they proceed to have probably one of the most violent like freaky looking plane crashes it's it's nowhere final destination violent because that one still scares me yeah like final destination plane crash always like yep that's what a plane crash probably really looks like and i was right i don't want to be in, i don't want to be in a plane yeah. 35 years old made it this far without ever getting on a plane <laughs> i have like i made it this far without I, i'm not opposed to getting on a plane i'm gonna be pissed i'll put it this way if i die in a plane crash understand i was very pissed off about it because i don't there's so Isn't many ways that I, I don't, don't you think? yeah <laughs> anyway uh, yeah dude like it's just one of those ways that i don't want to go like that <laughs> being buried alive like it's that just a plane crash is just a way that i don't want to go out that way and like i've avoided it for this long so like it's still a pretty like violent plane crash and now like they crash in honey island swamp there's there most of them survive so like now there's this whole thing of like do we stay in the plane or do we get out because he's like we're not getting out of the plane like, yeah. I know what happens on this fucking swamp. I've seen that thing. Like, it's real. And, like, <laughs> of course he fucking comes out and starts butchering and bludgeoning people in the worst ways imaginable. So and aside like, from aside from Perry Shan, I got to say that my favorite character in this movie is Dave Sheridan, who plays Dylan. Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys don't know who Dave Sheridan is, he played Doofy in Scary Movie. Yeah, like the officer, officer Doofy reporting for duty. Like he's he's in this movie and he's not that much smarter as this character. Like Dylan, he's so good in this movie. Jackass, so good, dude. Yeah, like he's ridiculous. He's this, he's this uh this wannabe actor who agrees to take them on on the tour of the swamp area, which by the way has kind of turned into like a Disneyland of of Victor Crowley. Like they have yeah. like where they have t-shirts and and tours going through there every day and everything and and he's like this aspiring actor who agreed to take them take them on uh, uh, the tour for free as long as they put him in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just plays it up so big time, man. <laughs> he's so fucking good, dude, and he's just this like giant dork of a man and it sucks because he's such a good-hearted person like yeah. and like everybody's like maybe this is hell like maybe we deserve to be here and he's like i didn't do anything <laughs> like <and> it, <laughs> it's true like because everybody's kind of an asshole to each other they've done something like really shitty in their past and they're like maybe we did this to ourselves and he's like i just wanted to be in a movie like why the fuck am i here like Real like I didn't hurt anyone. Like I didn't try to fuck anybody over. Like, and it sucks because it's true. Like, like you poor dork. Like he's just this poor dork that got like roped into this. And like he's there's he's there's this one moment where like I can remember like I almost fucking pissed my pants of laughter. Where like they realize there's still power in the plane. And he goes, he goes, there's still power running. And they're like, so because if there's power, and like Perry Shen's looking at him, what if there's power? What? <laughs> like, just say it, you fucking idiot! Like, just 
so angry, dude. Like, <laughs> he's so good in this movie. I'm sorry. Like, I, I love I love everything about Perry Shen in these movies, but he really does steal it for me in, in Victor Crowley. Yeah. Like in part four. It's like when he like finally sees him and he's like, fine, I'll distract him. He's like, hey, asshole, remember? <sighs> it just runs like, oh, fuck my life. <laughs> yeah, and, so and, it, and they, they like just when you think that, that they're going to take it in a different route or whatever, like they go back to the swamp and I, like, I, I don't know how they did it, but they made it like, it, it it doesn't get old. This this formula that they do in these movies, they all take place in the exact same spot, right? Yeah. But it doesn't get old for some reason. Because every movie is a different group of people for him to kill, you know? And like it's it's just so different. Like the the it, it it's always what makes it so fucking funny is the reason they end up there. Like it's it's yeah. It's the same thing, like, because he, he hasn't gone full Jaws and followed them to the Bahamas yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't, Which like, is what they're going to do in, in, in the next movie, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, because he's never left. He doesn't leave Honey Island Swamp. Like, yeah. he never leaves Honey Island Swamp, which is why, like, my theory is, like, before, when this is all said and done, they're going to have to blow up the swamp. <laughs> like, yeah. are going to have to nuke Honey Island Swamp. Like, no Honey Island Swamp, no Victor Crowley. Like, Adam Green uh, has has said that that the next movie is gonna like Victor Crowley's finally gonna leave the swamp. Yeah, go figure. And this is <laughs> yeah. this is probably where it's gonna get like, eh, like this is probably where it'll lose me a little bit. Because for some gonna reason, be the last good one. <laughs> um, I hope not. Like, I really hope not because um, Victor Crowley and Part Two are my personal favorites. Like yeah. two and four are my personal favorites of the series. Yeah. And like, I I think three is the better movie. Um. Two just set it up way better for me. Like, I uh-huh. love the setup in two. Um, I love the idea of four. Like, just like, why would you go back to that fucking swamp, you idiots? Like, would you do it for a million dollars? Like, son of a bitch. Like, I it's guess. Very much, it's very much the plot of Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Like, I was, I was just thinking that. I was like, how yeah. Jurassic Park 3, right? And they yeah. do the same thing to him, too. Like, he wasn't going to get a million dollars anyway. She was like, where did you hear I was going to give you a million dollars? And he's like, well, she said I, we, that you were paying a million dollars. And she's like, you're getting 25 grand. And that's before taxes. Like, so she's like, she's like, we've interviewed Holocaust survivors. survivors. Like, <laughs> why would you ever wow. think that I would give you like that kind of money? Like, she's so vicious, dude. <laughs> like, super insulted that he thinks he's worth a million dollars. Like yeah. she's mean. And like, just everything about this movie is just so fucking, it's so ridiculous and it's so fucking fun. And like, I can't, I really can't recommend it enough. And you're sitting here like, well, what am I going to watch it for? You spoiled everything for me. Like, no, no I didn't. I took a lot no. of it. Like, I've spoiled nothing. Like, watch the movie. No, like, I'm t- it's, it's one of those things where like, you know exactly what you're going to get, right? Like, you know, like people watch the Friday the 13th movies. They know that Jason's going to kill a bunch of people, right? Yeah, watch but these it's movies. The journey. It's 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 the it's the whole thing of um, uh, sitting there and watching it. You know, watching yeah. it happen. For example, my favorite kill of the movie is when uh, what's her name, um, Kathleen uh, Felicia Rose, where she's running away and she has a cell phone, 
and he rips her arm off and he shoves it up her butt and it comes out of her mouth <laughs> with the phone still ringing and the phone is still ringing <laughs> like, it's it's so like it's such a horrific like death but you're like yeah that's kind of where i expected this to go at this point there like, was nothing realistic supposed to go yeah, yeah dude like there's nothing realistic about these movies. Like, don't like I said, you want to talk about Oscar Award like caliber performances in in a horror movie? Come back in two weeks. Yeah. Like, like right now, this is just violence for the sake of violence. Like, this is why we're reviewing all four of these movies and not just one of them. Because if you've seen one, you're gonna see them all. Yeah. Like, if if you watch part one, you're like, this was just ridiculous and gross, and I, I don't know why anybody would like it. Then just stop there. You're not gonna like the other three. But yeah. if you watch the first one, you're like, this was so ridiculous and gross, and this was fun, and this was so just horrible and horrific in every way imaginable. I want to see more of it. There's three more movies of it, and they're and, all worth it. Like, And the beauty worth- of it is that each one of these movies are is a very brisk hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, like, yeah. They're, with they're credits quick. and all, dude. Yeah, like, they're they're real, like, they don't drag on. Like, they're, they're not, not trying to tell, like, like this intense story like they're telling a good story and they tell it yeah. over four movies and it's fun yeah like i promise and basically you, and, feel... and basically like all the all the story is done in part three like they get yeah. they get all this the story is done in part three and the the other movies are just <clears throat> straight up uh guys stuck in a, in a bayou uh getting away from a killer like yeah. little discussion, little little explanation, very little exposition. Just go in there and and you know bloodbath. And you done fucked up now. Like that's pretty much all it is. Like you went there, <laughs> oh, you done fucked up now. Like yeah. now you, like now you gotta die. Those are the rules. <laughs> and it's it's fucking like it's amazing, man. Like it it, it it going into these movies and expecting something more than like a bloodbath is like going into a fucking like. Batman movie and expecting him to not be Batman about shit. You know yeah. what I mean? They're just violent. These are just violent for the sake of being violent. And like they're they're as fun, if not more fun, than fucking Friday the thirteenth. I feel they're much more fun than any Friday the thirteenth movie I've ever seen. Like yeah. I love and that's because I love every single Friday the thirteenth movie. Like in my own way, I like every last one of them. Like up to and including the remake. Like mm-hmm. I enjoy them. But I don't love them the way I love the Hatchet films. I even told Kane Harder that when I met him. Like he had asked me, like, who do you who, like? What do you prefer, like Friday or Hatchet? I'm like, if I'm being real, like Hatchet, because I brought mm-hmm. I brought a bunch of movies for him to sign, and his handler was like, oh no, you gotta, he's only gonna sign one thing. You gotta pay for everything else. And I'm like, oh really? And he just shrugs his shoulders and he's like, I guess. Like real, like I don't make the rules, dude. Like this is just how I'm supposed to do things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, whatever, man. And I was like, honestly, if you're gonna sign one thing, I'd rather you sign my copy of Hatchet. Like, if you're going to yeah. sign a movie, I'd rather it be Hatchet. So he did. Like, he signed my copy of Hatchet. And, like, dude, people would bring Hatchets to him to get autographs. Machetes, too. Yeah. And, like, he was signing all sorts of shit. And, and like, there's, you get something so much more from the Hatchet series. Like, if you like Friday the 13th, you'll love Hatchet. You will absolutely love it. Like, I, I can't recommend these movies enough, dude. I, I really, really can. I'm so glad we got to talk about them today because, yeah. like, like I've said before, like, a lot of people don't, um, 
they see like I, I love my diehard horror movie friends will tell me that they've never seen these movies and like i feel so bad because like you hear i see it all the time on facebook like what's what's a good horror movie to watch and i always ask like do you have time and if they're like yeah <laughs> like watch hatchet like watch all four of them like i promise you you won't regret it like very much and so and, good and 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 i i i have no hesitation uh by saying that what everybody thinks the friday the 13th movies are hatchet does better yeah okay hatchet so does it like, so much better here's a good way of looking at this if you ever want to see something funny go watch a review for a friday the 13th movie from siskel and ebert and <laughs> review and they will tell you all these things about why it's a bad movie uh-huh. And like you'll listen to all these things, you're like, I don't know, man. That kind of makes the movie sound fun. That's what <laughs> Hatchet is. Yes. Everything that they said Friday the Thirteenth was like, it's just schlock for the sake of schlock, and it's gory and bloody, and they're killing innocent people for no reason. Like, no, sir, that's Hatchet. <laughs> like, Very that much. is Hatchet. Like everything, every horrible thing that they would say about like Friday the Thirteenth, it's it's Hatchet. And like, and, and you and and I and I. Despite the fact, like I said before, uh, the visuals mm-hmm. and the the way uh, Victor Crowley is is uh, is designed, it's top notch. Um, it's it's very it's very much in the vein of the of the uh, 80s slasher, especially Friday the Thirteenth. But mm-hmm. it 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 looks phenomenal. It sounds phenomenal. The the special effects are are they're good but they're not too good as to look realistic because i think the point of it is for it to not look realistic yeah and that was a very purposeful very purposely done (laughs) they they, they use practical effects for impractical kills yeah it's so weird because it's one like you could never do that to somebody i don't care how strong you are like they took they, they took it, a lot of cues from from Kill Bill Volume One. I'll tell you that much. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Like the absurdity of the kills, like the type of like arterial spray you get from like <laughs> like yeah. No, but, but it, I, I find it funny because like especially when when they have the head decapitations, like the blood squirts, like the heart heart's pumping, and you see the blood like the blood yeah. like. <laughs> It's so ridiculous, especially when when uh, in some of the scenes where he squishes somebody's head, yeah. and like you see the uh, like uh, you see the, uh, the the blood squirting out as like to the beat of the heart. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. it's so fucked up. And like there's... the fact that he would take the time to even do that. Yeah, like... but like, very sure. fun, very fun, very tongue in cheek. Like all all the actors in this movie, um, in these movies are are very much in on the joke. You know, very the, very. the director is new knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, I think he he directed all of them except for part three, if I'm not mistaken. No, he he because uh, uh, I'm I'm looking at uh, um the uh, the IMDb page and it says that B J McDonald directed part three. Oh no, you're. Right, that's true. B.J. McDonald directed part three. Yeah, I forgot so, about that. But but it, it's it it doesn't seem out of place. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't seem, seem out, out of place, place at, all. at all. It was very much like, and I guess that's why I hadn't even really noticed it. It's kind of the same way that like uh, what's his name, like Bowsman came in to direct um, Saw, 
Like after yeah. James, James Wan directed the first Saw and then Darren Lynn Bowsman directed, I think all of them after that. Uh-huh. And like, he, he did a really good job of making, especially part two look like part one. Yeah. Like you'd think that James Wan was still directing it. And like, this kind of, they did, they did the same thing with this one then. Cause like, it still feels like Adam Green's directing this movie. And I know he still had a very big hand in it. Cause I know he wrote it. He's in the movie too. Like, I know yeah. he's a producer of it. It's still, it's still an Adam Green presents film. Yeah, I think I I think maybe it was it was uh, I don't know maybe it was like a guilt thing or something, I have like a no, director's guilt thing. Like I think he's one of those people that like he has Eli Roth's ego, but I feel like he deserved it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, think Adam, like, I think Adam Green, like Adam Green did something that like nobody else could do. He 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 made a good slasher movie that nobody's been able to do in a while. Uh-huh. Like everybody tries to, whenever you do a slasher, a lot of people try to reinvent the wheel a little bit. Like, yeah. how do I make it different from everything else? When he kind of figured out that formula that sometimes we don't need you to think outside the box. We like it in the box for a fucking reason. And he, he brought us back to the box. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I like about it. It was like, he, he made it, he just kind of made, he made slashers cool again. Like you can make a fucking cool and interesting slasher again. Like you just have to be like fucking good at it, like and yeah. He was, and, and you have to and you have to be in love with the with the material, and you have to have confidence in the fact that that your vision will be will be seen and loved by those who are fans of the genre. Right. And again, like we're we're a very like horror fans are very forgiving when it comes to the genre. Like we'll let go of a whole lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. if, there's, if there's a real effort to what you did. Excuse me. And like everything in all of these movies is like that I can say is there's pure fucking effort. Like if 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 there wasn't as many people behind this these series of films as there were, it wouldn't be as successful. Like so so let me let me put something into perspective real quick. Let me put something in perspective. Uh the first hatchet movie had a budget of one point five million dollars. Okay, which is like minuscule, nothing, especially for the actors that they had in it. They had some big name actors in that movie. Yeah, they did. Like a million dollars. It, it, it only grossed two hundred and forty thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. The it second never... one, the second movie, had a budget of two point five million dollars. Mm-hmm. And it grossed even less. It grossed sixty two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Okay. Uh we don't have any numbers for the uh part three or part four. But actually, part four had a budget of seven million dollars. That's insane. Okay. I be- so, and I believe it though, because that's like yeah. I said, that one's the one where they're in, they're in an airplane throughout the whole movie. Yeah, and you see the fucking thing outside in the swamp. Yeah, there's a so, wingless plane just there in the swamp. They had to build that. So, the 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 reason why I brought those numbers up is because this movie wasn't isn't being shown in theaters. It's being shown like people are renting the videos and they're. Yeah. They're downloading the movie and they're like, they're, there's obviously a market for these movies. It's just not in theaters. This is an underground movie uh, uh, film series. Yeah. And the the big horror fans are watching it and they're still being made and they're still, they're working on part five as we speak. And there's, there's, they're, they're being made and they're being loved and, and, I, I honestly don't see this series stopping anytime soon and I couldn't be happier because these movies are, I'm so glad that you uh, brought these movies to my attention because man, like I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have given these movies the time of day if you hadn't shown it to me. 
And that's the problem is I don't think anybody does. Like nobody really gives them the time of day. And like, you guys need to. Like I, 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 I promise you, if you if you like a good horror slasher and you want to see a good gory, violent movie, like I promise you, I, I promise you, you'll be entertained with these films. Like yeah. watch the first one. If you don't like the first one, you won't like any of them. If you liked the first one, then all four of them are for you. Like yeah. they get crazier, they get more fun, they get bigger, they get more ridiculous. Like it's a blast, man. And like I, I don't think. Uh, these movies will ever stop until Kane Hodder's gone. Like the day that the day that Kane is gone, the, the day that Kane Hodder doesn't want to do this anymore, is when you you won't get any more Hatchet movies. Yeah. Like I don't think Adam Green will ever do one with without him. Like, and I wouldn't like it. Like yeah. I wouldn't. I would never want to see Victor Crowley recast. Like I don't care how good the makeup is, like how much how like much better the guy looks. It's not Kane. And yeah. like Kane really brought the character to life, and I I enjoy it. A lot, man. I'm sorry. I'm watching part three right now, and Derek Mears just showed up, and like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, man. Uh, the Hatchet movies, guys, check it out, man. Seriously, do yourself a favor, man. You will not you regret it, especially if you're an old school horror fan. Like, it is such such a fucking blast of a movie. It is so much fun, and um, I can't say enough good things about it, man. Like, yeah. it's simple. It's to the point. If you take the time to read, like. The IMDb trivia. There's so many fun facts about so many people. Like I don't know if you know that. Um, remember the the scene in part three when they're when they're in the ambulance. It's Perry Shen. It's the girl, and Zach Galligan. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that girl. I don't know her full name, but I know her first name is Relea. She's named after the city in um, Call of Cthulhu from H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, okay. Like that's, that's the name her parents gave her is Relea. She also played little Victor Crowley in part two. Oh. Cause she's like four foot nine. She's really little. Oh, for real. So she, so she played the little kid version of Victor Crowley in part two with Kane Hodder. Like she's she, the girl in part three. Uh, is, is she the one that they uh, that that uh, she stuck her hand out and and they've like yeah he, he ripped her apart. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also Adam Green's wife, I believe. I don't know oh, if they okay. were. I know they were they were girl, boyfriend and girlfriend during part two, but I think it's his wife now. Uh, and. Um, yeah, man. Like you, you read all sorts of like fun and interesting facts about this movie. Like they recycled a lot of characters, they recycled a lot of actors, and like a lot of nitty gritty guerrilla filmmaking went into making, especially the first one. Yeah. Uh, and you know me, man. I love me some guerrilla filmmaking. So you really, it really shines in part one. Uh, but these movies get so much more fun as they go. Uh, yeah. I can't, I can't recommend them enough, man. Like they're especially all part three and, and uh, Victor Crowley. Yeah, like, like they those they they really hit their stride at the end of part two, and then part yes. three and four are just they're just like like just great movies to watch. <laughs> so much they're fun, so much damn they're fun. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, yeah, man, uh, that uh, concludes our our show on uh, Hatchet. But next week we got something special going on, man. Very, very special to to me, and I feel to you too, man. Like, yeah, this this is really this has been um, such a fun ride. Like, yeah. we've had we've we've had so many cool and interesting guests on the show, uh, some good friends, some interesting people, uh, and we have been doing this with RGV Titan Radio uh, for what will be one whole year next week, man. Mm -hmm. like one year of, of movie know-it-all podcast how do you feel about that will 
I am I am so damn excited and I'm so damn proud of uh you know like you I got the call saying that hey man like like we got a chance to do this man you want to do it and I'm like fuck yeah do you talk about movies for you know talk about movies every week and and just because this is basically what we do whenever we hang out when we did hang out you know yeah to be around each other and hang out uh, this is one of those things that we we would always do <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me that kind of... talk... yeah no shit <laughs> went down the wrong way is talk about movies with each other yeah. and um it was one of those things when i got the opportunity to do this uh you were the first person that i called the absolute first person that i called the only person that i called and i said dude like i've got a chance to do a movie podcast uh i've got a place where they want to air it where they want to they're willing to play us they're willing to record us like i don't want to do this with anybody except you i can't see myself sitting and talking movies for two hours every single week with anybody else besides you. So um, one year, man, it's been uh, an honor and a fucking pleasure. And I wanted to uh, give a thanks to uh, Fredward for giving us the opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, one year later, still doing it. Uh, I want to <laughs> give a thanks to Sevi for always being there to edit the podcast for us and and record us and help us out with all that stuff man and like quarantine be damned man you, we weren't going to stop mm -hmm. watching movies we weren't going to stop talking about it yeah. <laughs> and um we started heavy last year around this time with the very first movie we ever reviewed which was uh stanley kubrick's masterpiece the shining yeah and one year later i feel it's it's the opportunity for us to uh, only appropriate it's only appropriate that we discuss the long, long-awaited sequel, Dr. Sleep. Yep. So next week on the Movie Know-It-All podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, Dr. Sleep, the sequel to The Shining. And um, I just want to thank all you guys, man. Thank you guys so much for those of you that tune in every week, those of you who don't tune in for three weeks on end and sit and listen to three episodes in a row. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love you guys so much. I love every last one of you guys that comes and listens to it, even if you're listening to it to like say, man, they don't know shit and he sucks and they suck. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Just listen. Yeah, just, just listen, listen, man. Yeah. We're all right with that. And if you if you guys ever want to argue about it, let us know, man. We'll bring you on the show. Like, yeah, totally. We're yeah, always the, the more the merrier. To talk movies. We're always down to talk films. So yeah, let us know, man. Thank you guys again so much for, for being here. Here's to one year, Will. Cheers for one year, man! And next year, next week, we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, crack crack the uh, the the champagne bottle open and and uh, celebrate the movie know it all podcast one year of life, man! And it's been a wild ride. It's been a great ride. It's been uh, it's it's been a real escape. And uh, oh, yeah. I, I hope that everybody I hope that everybody has enjoyed everything that we put out, and I hope that people keep on enjoying what we love doing. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it just a, a little, just a fraction of how much we enjoy, enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, because yeah. if you enjoy just a fraction of how much we enjoy it, then you enjoy it a lot, man. Because this is this is fun for us, man. This has always been a blast. Totally. So, so, well, until next week, I'm Will. I'm Bob. And that was the Movie Know It All podcast here on RGV Titan Radio. We are the 956. Have a good one, guys. Are you looking for great local music? Then tune in to RGVTitanRadio.com. We play everything local, like hip-hop, rock, 
played on our radio station, then send your music to playmymusic at rgbtitanradio.com. Once more, that's playmymusic at rgbtitanradio.com. Be sure to send mp3 files that include the names of the track, album, and band or artist along with cover art. rgbtitanradio.com. We are the 956.